Hi everybody, welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of the Hard Truth Inside the Football Industry Podcast with me, Philip Heidson, Darren McAnthony, Chairman and Co-Owner of Peterborough United. And here we are on a Friday again. Happy Friday. Well, happy Friday, Philip. And I thought, you know, we've both been pretty busy this week. Mm-hmm. Again, some fans calling us out last night. You don't do the podcast because you lost the Derby game and da-da-da-da-da. I was like, we were actually not going to do one until next week. And I, I messaged you and went, listen, I know you let's find fucking half an hour. Yeah. I ain't having some fucker calling us out over a loss. You know, we've always done podcasts, win, lose, or draw. So, and, and yeah, fucking no way is that going to stop us. So, yeah, let's let's get it done. Yeah. So now do we've, what they want. So now we've started. Well, that's it. See you later, everybody. We're done. We put one in the Good feed. Luck. Have a great <laughs> day. Fuck <Okay. We're> off. <laughs> so, <it's> like, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go back. You know, nearly a week and a freak girl. Let's uh, talk. About, let's talk about Bradford first. All right. Let's torture the Peterborough fancy. He's got to wait for the Peterborough stuff. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Well, he told me that everyone turns off when we have the Bradford section anyway. So, well, I, I know there's plenty of Bantams that listen. So, mm. it's a good, a good share of our audience is Bantams. So, let's go Bradford. So, you went to Morecambe, battle of the old manager. What happened? We didn't show up. It was bad. You know, really bad. I saw your tweets. Yeah. And, like, you know, usually I try and keep composed a little bit and, um, you know, and with the hindsight of a few days, let's hope that we continue to, that we get things together and, you know, you, you go watched, again. You watched it. Yeah. I mean, so, we just, we didn't try. I mean, that. I mean, it's hard to say that, right? Because players don't not try for the most part. But the body no, no, language. No, no, that's your statement. Yeah. Your statement, they didn't try. Let me say it a different way. There was really bad body language, okay. you know, that just seemed like, everyone was getting frustrated that things weren't working and almost a, you know, acceptance of the fact that it wasn't going to work. And so, you know, let's just hope for the final whistle. And that was everywhere. That was on the pitch. That was in the dugout. It just, the body language wasn't good. And so that's what was my biggest frustration was um, it looked, it looked like they didn't care, but that was, I say a body language thing. And so is it, it's just, you know, new tactics, new players, new formation, takes a while to click. The players talk about the fact that, you know, they're not where they're thinking that the players are going to be and the gaps aren't there and they're running in different places. And, you know, it's not just not coming together yet. Or is it the fact, is it more fun- structurally fundamental than that? And I guess the next few weeks will tell us which way it is. So you don't normally, you know, lose your shit on Twitter unless mm-hmm. you're like Donald Trump or the Republicans. But, you, <laughs> you know, you don't really... You're not that individual. I'm a bit more reserved, yeah. A bit more reserved, you are. Um, but obviously, I did see on Saturday, you know, your, your messages were popping up, and I was like, oh, fuck me, somebody's not happy. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> um, so I, I guess my question is, if we'd filmed this on Saturday, yeah. an hour after that, 3-0, the whistle had gone, and obviously Morecambe deserved to win. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Adams enjoyed himself. Oh, yeah, um, he was waving to all the City fans afterwards. Right. What would your – were you a Hughes out? No, I, but I was thinking one, you know, toys were everywhere. So I wasn't that happy. And two, it's the honeymoon period is over. And, and it's been a long honeymoon for him. Well, he's been uh, there a fucking year. I wouldn't call that like a long honeymoon. He's got you in the playoffs. It's only been there a year, hasn't he? Yeah, it was 15 months. Well, you know, he joined like March, but yeah, one full season. So, so he's there a year. You're in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, we talked about a lot last season. We got to the playoffs almost in spite of ourselves, it felt. You know, a relatively easy division to 
um, you know, there wasn't the, the quality of the teams that's in the league this year than there was last year. And um, it felt like we were always ready to give somebody a hiding and it never quite happened. So, and then we stumbled at the first hurdle, you know, looking like we were just kind of outplayed. So, you what know. Was, what was fan reaction like, Bradford? Well, I've seen your fan reaction. Yeah, it what, was, what you know, was it my, like? mine was the nice, the nicer side of the reaction. So there was a lot of um, Hughes out. There was a lot of, um, you know, ev- Everyone, everyone, as you know, everyone always looks for scapegoats. So, you know, then it's scape. Let's scapegoat Ryan. Let's scapegoat the CEO. And then Why are you the CEO. I mean, that's that's a wonderful question. This is um, a young guy who, who who's a local. Mm-hmm. Who you know, trust me, he's not paid a fortune. Yeah, I know CEOs in League Two and whatever else. Uh, I don't understand that he doesn't own the club. He goes no, he's, to work like everyone else and does his best, uh, and, you know, trying circumstances. And he's turned around the commercials for the club. Yeah. Like we're making yeah. millions more in commercial yeah. revenue than when he started. So, you know, then there's some posts that he did an interview on a podcast, um, I don't know, a month or six weeks ago, where he right. said that there was no funding from the owner since he's been there. So someone That's- clipped that, posted that with, with Ryan's face, mm-hmm. and then people started... Then at least looking, okay, so it's owner funding is the issue. Oh, God. And so, you know, then the whole owner out. And that's where you have to be. I'm not criticizing Ryan, but let's, yeah, you know, obviously he wants to be honest and transparent. So he's made an honest statement, but sometimes, you know, things get taken out of context and can be thrown at you and he's in a, it's a tough gig. I mean, Bradford don't want to lose him. The fans have got to be careful. Yep. He's a good, good guy. He's a good CEO. He cares. Um, he's not a wrong. And I know lots of wrong in football. Yeah. Um, that they have to, you know, don't drive somebody like that away because another club could easily go and offer him 15 right. or a year and it would make a big difference in his life and he'd be off. He has right. plenty of other options if anything ha- ever happened yeah. to us. So like he's, and he will be going to the, I think he'll be going to the top, you know, in terms of his role. So if we don't go up, then he, there will be other opportunities that come along. Yeah. But, well, um, well, so, I, I, it always goes back to the owners, I guess. It goes, it goes back to the owners, and then I have two right. hats. You know, the hat of a supporter is like, yeah, you know, the owner said he was going to invest in the club when he came in. We're at top of the League One. Um, you know, fa- false promises, all those things. And then I go to the business person that says, why should he put money into the club? You know, the club is being able to be managed on an even keel. R, R, R. What people sometimes don't take into account is COVID could have damaged the owner off mm-hmm. the pitch financially. Sometimes people don't give, you know, everyone went through shit during COVID financially yeah. out of it, still are. Cost of living, all the crap that's come out, people are struggling. That includes wealthy people who might not be as, I'm, I'm, by the way, I know nothing about the Bradford owners, yeah. so I don't want headlines saying, oh, Bradford owners got no money or whatever. And I'm not defending them. I'm just saying sometimes owners don't have it. Now, if that's the case where you don't, you kind of at the case where you need to sell, yeah. potentially you need to go, right, I, I, I got to move on. So I guess we don't know, but it's the same old, you lose a game, ex-manager, all of that, straight away, go Lives after out. go after yeah. owner, and, and you know, look, I, I get stick and, and whatever else. I guess my next question would be, was Mark Hughes conciliatory? Was he, was he sorry? Was he aggressive? Was he, or did he just irritate you more when he did his post-match? But sometimes I love, I get sent to the car, by our press guy, he sends me all the managers' interviews. Mm-hmm. And if we lose, I'm like, I want to fucking hear what the manager said. 
you, you, you know what I mean? And, and and it's almost like I'm looking for inspiration. You know what what's he said? You know what what was his post match interview like? So I have to be honest and say I didn't listen to it because I just turned it off as soon as the game was done. I was that Plussy, yeah. pissed with Phil, it all. You can't so, do research for the podcast as well. <laughs> I know I'm failing, aren't I? I mean, I do sit at home doing nothing all day, so I should have had time to do that, you'd have thought. <laughs> Shit. So you have no idea? I didn't listen. I saw some stuff going by on Twitter, you know, discussions through the week of uh, interviews is given, you know, pro, a pre-match for next week, just about... It's just they need some time to get that out of the system and, and kind of go again. It's too early. You know, it's too early. Like, and, and you can have some horror shows. You can lose 3 0. You can have an extra. It's too early. Yeah. Like, I, I, a story for the Bradford fans. I remember the year I got Gary Johnson in and we had like a team, you know, that should have won the fucking league. You know, you had the Trinity, you had fucking mm-hmm. McCann was in his prime in midfield. You had a team that just come down from the champ. And I thought in my head, we're going to win the fucking league by 20 points. And unfortunately, Gary Johnson came in and we won our first game. We went to Bournemouth away, you know, and I expected us to give Bournemouth a good scene to at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, forget about where Bournemouth are now. Right. We lost five fucking one. I remember leaving in utter shock, going, what the fuck? <laughs> the next month, it was like 2-0 down, win 4-2. 3-0 down, win 4 And it was like, what the fuck's going on here? We should be... You know, yeah. by January, we were like 6th, 7th, 5th. We weren't quite winning the league by 28. That's when I fired Gary Johnson and brought Darren Ferguson back, you know. But, you know, again, I guess the moral is, is you lose 5-1. And I remember Johnson telling me that some of the players were food poisoned and whatever. I was like, okay. Um, you know, we just got battered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can fucking happen. Um, you know, and, and when it's early in the season, sometimes your excuse is it's early in the season. Yeah, Man City... I've lost a couple of games early on. Why do they always end up winning the Premier League? But you see the second half of the season, they win yeah. 99% of their games. In the first two months, they're probably not as prolific. Mm-hmm. So and you, you look at Stockport last season. Yeah. They went and yeah. came strong, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, this season, Stockport haven't had a great start, but... No, neither have Wrexham, but I'm sure they'll come good. Of course they fucking will. So I guess... It's frustration if you're losing three 0 and you don't think the team tried as you've accused them just there early on. Um, <laughs> That's the headline. <laughs> I want the headlines about you, not me. Um, you know, you, and you're obviously thinking you're lacking. So, what do Bradford need? There's eight days to go with a deadline. Yeah, exciting. Maybe we'll do it. I'm out in the UAE next week, so we can, you know, do a little show if we can. What What are you thinking? What What, what do you need? And don't tell me. Don't be like a posh fan and say eleven new players. What What do you need? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so last week we talked and I said we needed a, a wing back, yes, um, a left wing back. And the day after we brought in a left wing back, so that was a positive. Um, and he was probably the only one that came out of that game with any, um, you know, any like congratulations. Um, and then I don't, I, I think we still need, we talked about, you know, the gap that Romney leaving has caused in terms of somebody at the oh, back who can play the ball. And oh, I do think that we're missing that. Oh, Romani, I tell you, what a player. Love that boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm both happy and sad at the same time. Because, you know, I obviously want him to do well. He seems like he's, uh, he's a good brilliant. kid. But he's um, Great kid. Great leader. Great kid. Yeah. Love, you know? So we still, you know, rumors have it that there will be ins and outs, but I don't have any specifics on, on that the next few days. Maybe the, the last, uh, you know, the performances are, kind of forcing the hand a little bit. Don't think there's much left in the kitty, so that's why it's somewhat reliant on outgoings, but um, I think they're still working. 
It's a question. You lose. What have you got? You got a couple of tough games coming up, right? Uh, we have Crew at home on um, tomorrow. Crew, um, a couple not of quite sure who we've got after that. Right? Did you say Wrexham? Wrexham in the cup, yeah. Right. So let's say you have a couple of similar Morecambe type results. Is is the mood shifting? Is it Hughes out? Well, amongst the most vocal, it is. Um, I don't think we would sack Mark. I think that there may become a point in time where he says, this isn't worth it. You know, should this continue? Should this form continue? If attention turns to the owner and all those headlines start coming out about no money going in and everyone's angry mm -hmm. because the owner's been very quiet the last year because nobody's really been having a go. You know, you've been doing okay. So I guess it'll be how will the owner react if suddenly all eyes are back on him, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day... Uh my opinion is that he just cares about the valuation of the club. So what's what's going to increase or preserve the valuation of the club? At the moment, it's interesting because, you know, does the club, does the club have more valuation because of Mark Hughes being involved in it or not? No. And from not. a commercial perspective. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not... It's, look, he's a legend in the career he's had and whatever, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure. If he was maybe 40, mm -hmm. you know, right but not now i don't think um you, you know peter taylor was an england manager and he got sacked by a fucking non-league club 12 yeah. leagues below so we, we sacked him uh, he was one of the managers on our uh, on our steady decline through the leagues as well mm. backs up my point so i yeah. guess the, the thing with bradford fans is they're passionate a lot and there's a fucking lot of them <laughs> mm -hmm. so when they get unhappy um i guess it's cruise at home tomorrow right yeah right so let's see the response when your team loses as badly as that, there has to be a response. Yeah. Because if it's not a response, that's where you tend to worry. So you need to see if he gets a response tomorrow. So let's hold off the Len and, and yeah. see what the response is like. It could be a complete overreaction, which you know most times it is. But yeah, uh, um, you know, there's the, the expectation of how you start the season, and it's been a slow start. Yeah, what have you got? A win, a loss, a draw? What was what, what it? Yeah, we got uh, a win against Colchester defeat to Markham and Crawley and um, I'm sure, oh yeah, draw at Stockport. I guess if it's Wrexham, Notts County beating you, you know, it's also the teams you're losing to and you're mm -hmm. thinking, you, you know, kind of thing. Well, look, big eight days coming up, so let's yeah, hope. We um, shall see. We shall see. We need, a, we need a posh Bantams win double again this weekend, so then we'll be filming podcasts every fucking Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's funny, we talk about um, superstition and trying yeah. to you know, push superstition out of the door. Yeah, I said, listen, by the way, Phil, last time we did a Friday was two weeks ago. We bought yeah. one and you fucking straight away. Oh, you're free at five o'clock. <laughs> I know we need it. And so then Henry was happy to hear that too, because apparently Bolton won last time we did it on a Friday. Oh, there so you go. There you go. There you he's go, gearing right. for a Bolton win after they got pasted by uh, Wigan last week. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That was fucking Barry. As I sat down at Northampton, he was like, fucking uh, thing or three nil up. Well, you know, we're going to bolt. And I was like, fucking behave. I said, I bolted down to 10 men. I couldn't believe it. So good old League One. Um, so let's talk posh. Yeah, so you are, where I was going to start before your freak goal, freak 90th minute goal. Yeah, I know all the Cobblers fans are like, you know, didn't like that comment, whatever, and, you know, disrespect, but no word of a lie. We played at about six out of 10, I reckon. Mm -hmm. And we still should have won 3 4 nil comfortably. I don't want to sound arrogant. We did. I mean, I left there laughing, actually, smiling. I don't want the headlines to be that. You know, even their stewards as I'm walking by were like, fucking, don't know what's just happened. It's one of those I mean, games. 
Yeah, we had, I mean, over two games, Barnsley in that game, we had 38 shots on goal. The amount of, we have all the stats. We were going through them yesterday with a massive recruitment meeting yesterday. It was everyone there. It was like 12 of us. And um, the statistics were staggering. I was like, listen, keep doing what we're doing. Don't worry about it. It was one of them days. We could have been training up in 15 minutes. And if we had, it would have been a mauling. Yeah. And, you know, Northampton aren't mugs. They dug in. I mean, I'm not buying all the crap in the paper from the manager told the player to lob our goalkeeper. He fucking hooked the ball. Fucking, he didn't know his arse from his elbow when he hooked that ball. No. You know, clue. If he's claiming that, I'll pay for a lie detector test and donate a grand to charity. I'm not even sure if it went in. I mean, yeah, I no, it went in. It went in. It? it went in. Yeah, for me, the, the linesman had no idea it went in, but it went in. Okay. You know, and and I don't blame our goalie because if you watch, I, I like, I love what our goalie tries to do. If you watch what our goalie was doing, our goalie, because of the way we want to play is he sees it, could easily tip it over the bar, but he's focusing on what he's going to do when he catches it. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a right back because yeah. he wants to catch it and set us on a run to score. Yeah, it's exactly what he's trying to do, and I wholly encourage that. I give a fuck about the mistake. He's a brilliant young goalie, and I said this season we were going to make some errors. I don't care. We're trying to do it the right way. Um, we weren't, you know, at our sizzling best, but we created a... It was one of them days where every shot, Kwame's absolutely dominated down the right side. I mean, he looked as good as ever. And he must have rinsed their fullback nine times, gone into the box. And every shot either hit an arse cheek, straightened the goalie's hands, or ballooned over the bar. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen all the time. You know, it's just yeah, one of them. One of those usually goes in. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Joe Randall, that's some, you know, one's going to go off Joe's arse and score a lot of goals. I mean, he's equal about a hat trick, you know, everyone. And, and I don't care. You know what? I know it's a derby. I know all the fans were upset. But watching, if you're asking our fans, do, do, do you like what you saw? Mm-hmm. Do you think we tried to take the game to them away from home? Were you, were you happy that we had most of the possession? We were in the final third entries in their box? Absolutely. Or would you prefer we dug in and nicked the game late? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh, they're great games to nick. But like, if that's what you're doing, no, not for me. But look, fair play to Northampton. Big derby win or whatever way they call it. You know, at the end of the day, you want to win your derby games. But if you end up getting promoted and you've lost to your local rivals two times or whatever else, doesn't matter. At the end of the season, does it? Some fans will probably kill me for saying that. But, you know... It only it only matters if you miss out on promotion by two points. And then everyone goes back to, oh, the game you lost a freak goal to Northampton. And the other 10 games or whatever else that yeah. affects... Yeah, I mean, if, if buts, whatever, you know, but... No, I, 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 I love what we're doing. I love it. You know, I, I watch our 21 games. They lost 3-4 in a game. And again, I loved that we had like 25 shots. And I get it. You know, people are frustrated and going on about squad depth and the lack of off the bench. But, you know, the game against Barnsley, what came off the bench set up the winner. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you, you know, people came off the bench against Reading and helped us dig out a 1-0 win. So you can keep going on about the bench. But the only way they're going to get better, those players, is we encourage them and we back them and support them and keep all. Stop talking about replacing them. Like a lot of them played against um, uh, Bournemouth in another twenty-one game during the week mm-hmm. because I think the manager is going to play most who played in the Bournemouth game against Portsmouth in the cup. Yeah, because of the travel all the way down there, he's sending a different team. And somebody made a comment, "Well, you know, look, you know, losing to Bournemouth or whatever, and look at." But you don't know the, the game. I watched the game. Bournemouth's goalie has made seven world-class saves. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's not always what, you know, don't be, don't rush to judgment. Um, You know, we're doing all the right things and we're not perfect and we won't be for a long while, but everything we're trying to do is the right, I'm convinced is the right thing to do. And it might frustrate our fans hearing that. And why aren't we signing five players and why aren't we doing this? 
<laughs> I told everyone in the summer what we were doing. I, I, you know, I, I'm not hiding. I yeah. told everyone, you know, it's going to be very surgical how we do things, how we do transfers, how we bring people in. There won't be big batches of player. Someone today, we need two experienced players. It's not going to happen. You know, we're going to do exactly what we set out to do. Um, and we're going to fight for everything. And, you know, we'll die hard trying if we have to, you know. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. How much do results matter at 21s and 18s and 19s through the age groups? Now, to Jamal and Semps, who are running all of that, well, they were in the meeting yesterday and you could, they were like fucking irritated that you know, the 18s lost, the 21s lost. But we were trying to say to them, love that competitive spirit. But really, it's more important how many of the 21s will be in our first team next summer. Yeah. How many of the 18s will be in the 21s next summer. That's more important. I get winning's important and it's a great habit. But actually, we got some really good on the 21s and they were really good in the game. We lost to Bristol City away at Bristol's ground. You know, we had a man sent off and we dug it out. It was 3 3 and they scored late. It was 4 3. Mm -hmm. You know, Bristol have a thriving academy. So we did really well against them. You know, our 18s the same, you know, and, and we've got players missing in, in, in those teams as well. You know, so there's always, it's not always what you think. And whilst people might have been pissed off losing the Derby game and, and the, the players were fucking pissed off, the manager and whatever. But like I said to the manager, come at they. We did all the things the right way. We dominated possession. We had the most chances. We had the most chances on goal. We had the most final third entries. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. 92% of the time you'll win. So, you, you, you know, never lose faith of what you're trying to do because the baby goes out with the bat water and everyone's panicking and whatever else. You know, we're, we're going to... We're a young team that's going to lose football games, but we're going to win a lot of football games as well. And sometimes, and I love our fans. 99% of our fans are like fucking absolutely, you know, love what we're doing, really good. And then the usual ones, and you know the ones that they are. I think yeah. they've got like one follower who's probably like their fucking, you know, their, their mate online or whatever else, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What will the title be of our podcast this week be? What do you think? Hmm. Cues in out. <laughs> I'm not getting myself in trouble with podcast titles here. <laughs> uh, podcast titles, you know what I mean? It's, uh, uh, I'm not going to say trust the process. It was my daughter. I, you know, it's funny. When you were just talking about that, I was thinking, I'm going to say trust the process. My daughter fucking all the time. So it was something I said a year ago or two years ago. She fucking ribs me all the time. Trust the process. I'm like, shut the fuck up. We'll um, have that, you know, it'll, every time you lose here on out, then that will be uh, reused online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I think, yeah, it's, um, what should we say? Play the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, playing the right way. I think that's the title has got to be always. So I, I'm enjoying what I'm watching. I don't know about our fans. And, and look, Derby are a good team tomorrow. They're going to be up there. They've signed a big, couple of big hitters yesterday. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And who knows? You know, I um, we're at home. We'd like to do well. And again, I'm looking forward to seeing our young guns go out and, and, and try and do their stuff yeah you, uh, you're gonna have a good crowd in tomorrow we'll have a great crowd tomorrow i think you know i'd like to think we had a bit of a bet the other day in our executive team meeting we had a uh, like a, a poll put on mm -hmm. record or whatever and i think i guessed 11 3 other people were like 11 6 12 1 you know that kind of thing you'd like to get more yeah but uh, yeah i mean derby have taken nearly four thousand. you know so there's a good uptake so good atmosphere it'd be my final game before i fly on sunday night to the uae mm -hmm. Um, I got a lot of business next week, so yeah, and obviously the mad week of transfer, fucking deadline, and and speculation, and all that crap that goes on. So yeah, be interesting. You expecting uh, your deals to go down the wire? We we had a great meeting yesterday where we sat there and we went through every single plan, 
because obviously I'm going to be away in business. I'll still yeah. be, you know, controlling and marshalling things. But we went through. If he goes, what are we doing? If he goes last minute and we don't have, so be it. You know, everyone understood. You know, I've got some great coaches in that room, great manager leading the way. Um, with the 21s in there, Liz is in there. Everyone was in there, Barry. Then Barry's given at the end a, a list of, right, make calls, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. Let's try and be prepared. Can't promise we will be, but some things happen beyond your control. Players will also try and make a move and push for a move and things yeah. like that. I'll be glad when it's over. I would expect us to do some business out. Um, I would expect us to do business in if it's affordable. Mm -hmm. Because what we're not going to do is make decisions we've done in the past, overspend, overextend yeah. the wrong person. And of course, everyone wants a striker. Um, my manager was actually, he, he, he didn't want a striker. He wanted a winger so he could play a winger as a striker. Mm -hmm. There's such a shortage of strikers out there. We have Chimanga. We're hoping he now settles down and gets his head down after speculation recently, which I think affected him. And get on with you know earning his way in because we still think there's a player in there, but I think my manager—I've never seen him as composed and relaxed because we always know good strikers. And there's probably two or three out there, and probably unaffordable because clubs mm -hmm. know too much money. And if we say lost Clark Harris, he really wants to go get a wide player in, and he wants to turn one of the, and, into a nine and, and develop Jamanga, and he's quite excited about that. And the staff where we were talking about it yesterday, and I've never seen him as relaxed because you're just like, no, we need a striker and. If this happens, that'll happen. So um, I was like, no, we need a striker. And they were like, no, 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 no. We can do this. So they were kind of convincing me. Well, he's kind of got, he's got a little track record <laughs> in doing that, hasn't he? You know, bringing in, yes. I mean, he wasn't an out and out striker, but then Bally got the goals. Schmodox, not a striker. Yeah. And kind of like, no, he has, yes. So, um, so it'll be interesting, but, you know, there's three clubs in for Clark Harris, but I've told them, you know, they'll all try Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday be take the piss time mm -hmm. bits. and then I'll just get to the regardless of what everyone wants to say about us being brassic I'll just go no fuck off he'll stay yeah. you know if they're not right so we know what we think's right um, and we'll see and yes of course everyone's asking about Ronnie you know we have a game tomorrow so I don't want to talk about too much speculation around players because I don't want yeah. players distracted the night before a game I presume we're putting this out later yeah. um, you know there's always too much noise around us. Now I am trying to also bring that down a bit. I'm trying to allow the training ground, the dressing room, the manager, just, just try not to give them any issues, any noises. Players know they can, they know if a deal's right for us and then they'll go. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of stick about Ivan Tony did his interview during the week. Yeah. He spoke about, he had an agreement, a verbal agreement. First of all, on my children, he never had any verbal agreement off me. Um, and I, what's a verbal agreement, you know? So our agreement with every player is come in and do your thing. We've never stood in anyone's way. Mm -hmm. look, at, look at our record. And in fairness, I think he owes me one for not selling them to the two clubs that were in for him at the time because I think his pathway... I think he begrudgingly admitted that, didn't he, in the interview? I think he did, yes. And I think his pathway has been very good. And I think yeah. my advice at the time to him and his dad and the agent was um, stay a year, win the Golden Boot, score goals and write your ticket to a bigger yeah. and better club. So... And that's a good segue into that conversation. And also the fact that I think I saw today that he changed his agent. I knew um, I knew that. I knew that already. I did. Yeah. One of the biggest agents out there. I love dealing with them. They're a great agency. Um, we did British Ambalonga. We've done other deals through them. They're great agents. The main guy there, David Manassi, with obviously um, the Barnet junior and senior. David's brilliant. He's always been good with us. He's got some great players in the stable. 
he will always he makes me laugh. I'll talk to him. He'll be on his yacht somewhere in the south of France, and he'll always end the call going, uh, is, "Is that everything?" And I'll be like, "Yeah." He says, "Great," because I need to have a wash after dealing with League One. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he deals with like massive. Yeah. But he means that in a joking way. But he'll always take my call. They're old school, and he'll always try and help me. We have we have a really good relationship. You know, he helped me with Chelsea goalie last year. You know, other deals, um, and that is the best place for Ivan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you know, they they don't mess about. Stella's one of the best in the business. So, so, so is that a signal that is looking, and that Brentford might be looking? I, I can't speak for anyone. Everyone goes on about sell-ons, and you know, I saw something today that we had a thirty percent sell-on. We don't. I fucking who? You know, nobody, nobody who spends millions on a player gives you thirty percent. Most of these mm-hmm. clubs offer you a lot less. Um, we, of course, we have a sell-on, and we have a chunk that goes to Newcastle, but. We can't we can't wake up every day hoping for a sell-on. Yeah. I'm hoping for this, hoping for that, you know. Um, I hope he comes back and he scores goals and he's healthy and he's well and, and he's put the whole thing behind him. And he's in good hands with Stella. They'll get if, if a move is there and Brentford, and by the way, Brentford are the best in the business. So if, if there's something there, I'm sure they'll do a deal and they'll and he'll go. So mm. but how long is a piece of string? I also saw some uh, some rumours of Vidris Canu getting some bids to come back into yeah, the NFL, yeah, which brilliant. is really interesting. Brilliant. Yeah, we have a good chunk there. Our arrangement with Barnett, so really happy for Eddie. Um, you know, he's such a lovely lad. He's doing great at Barnett. Fucking brilliant signing for Bradford. Told you guys to buy him when I was doing. We talked about it. Yeah. Well, I said to you guys I did a deal with Barnett, and I thought he was far too good for non-league again. I thought, you know, because he'd broken his jaw, he was out for a long time. A lot mm-hmm. of people still back. And yeah, yeah, he had a, a dodgy run spell, didn't he, just before he went out? Yeah, yes, he did. And it was all about the, the broken jaw. But mm-hmm. there's a serious player in there. People forget he's still only 22, 23. I bought him when he was 16. So he, um, if Bradford fans want someone to get bums on seats and exciting, he, he's, yeah, you know, get on to Barnet and do a deal. Um, good old Peterborough got a nice chunk as well on that. So. <laughs> And, and what does that say? Or is it, guess, like, how do you encourage players like Idris to go and drop down into National League and so them not to feel as though that's their EFL career it's, over? Well, if they're 27 and dropping down, they're not coming back in a hurry. Mm-hmm. If you're 20, 21, 22, and there ain't lots of options there, and we said to Idi at the time, it's a great club. A lot of people watch Barnett because they've got great talent, as we've shown by signing players. Go there for a year, year and a half, rebuild. Get goals in your games. That's the only thing missing. If you add goals to your game, you're on your way. You know, Efron Mason Clark joined us at 23. You can drop down. You can be back in the league at 23 and you can be on your way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a character, he's a great fucking character. I couldn't speak highly enough about the boy. So, no doubt in my mind. You know, we did it with Ricardo Santos. We sold him to Barnett. Yeah. You know, it didn't work out. I think they released him, Bolton picked them up. So it's not always the end. You, you know, now he's one of the best defenders in League One. So it's not always the end. You know, sometimes you go, that old saying in life, go backwards to go forwards. I'm sure you see players that take that step and they don't have the mindset and they're not embracing it or they refuse to go to that step because there's something, not necessarily there's a snobbery of, of, of not wanting to play in the National League. But- I get it. I get it. You know, I, I get it. You know, the, the facilities, the this, the standard. But look, non-league's now a lot more in, in fashion. It's, it's better than half a league too. Correct. Because of the Wrexham factor, because of the Salford factor. You know, mm. non-league now is like a fourth division. You know, the top yeah. tier in non-league. You've now got Scunthorpe in the league below that. So, you know, you've got some big clubs in there. I don't think it has that stigma anymore. Mm. I think any player who's not getting game time, you want to go and play. If you're young enough, it doesn't matter if you drop down. Teams like us will always be on the lookout and see you. So trust in your ability. Don't trust the process. Trust in your ability. Go and give it your all and have the right attitude. 
Don't drop down and have the wrong attitude and be a big-time Charlie. It's a bit like a Premier League player dropping to League 2, dropping to League 1. Yeah, It's all about attitude. How many Premier League youngsters come and get released? Yeah, Can't settle. It's exactly the same from the Football League to non-league. So, you know, I'm, I'm a massive fan of people, your George Boyds of the world, who started an academy as Jack Taylor, and they ended up dropping down because it was the right thing for their career. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're, they're proper people, you know, and, and that's why they make it to the top. Yeah. So let's, uh, we have a couple of talking points, a couple of questions. Um, extra talking points I wanted to touch on. One was Mason Greenwood. So Man United's handling of the whole situation. Me. Talk sport. I was in Talk Sport studio. I got this okay. message saying, can you come in and do a load of pictures? And I'm like, pictures? They obviously like want me as part of their cast and whatever. So I have now an agent. I've got Simon Jordan's agent came on and signed me Look up. Look at you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really funny. To be Before fair. I know it, I'll be getting an email with some demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a great guy. So he just, you know, he's like, listen, you know, you can't be doing this stuff for, you know, let me represent you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had Sky Sports want me on for three hours on deadline day. I said, look, I'm in the UAE. And they're like, well, we'll still get you on for, you know, a couple of hours and whatever else. So I said, well, talk to my agents, you know. So a talk sport wants me to do the whole day. So, yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. So I went into talk sports and then, um, Joe, one of the producers, right, was uh, messaged me and goes, "Can you come on tomorrow and do Greenwood?" And I'm like, "I'm I'm at Peterborough all day." Mm-hmm. And, I, and by the way, I want to stay as far away from that as possible because yeah. that's like translation material. So again, I I don't, and it's not shying away. I mean, spineless. I haven't spent a lot of extensive time reading about it. I've seen the video. I've seen those comments. I don't know about his lawyers. I don't know about did the police release him because the victim didn't want him charged anymore. Was there insufficient evidence? I, I don't know. Mm. Man, Man United handle it well or badly. I think it's a very difficult situation for a club because you're worried about the public perception from your fans. Yeah. You also have a duty of care to the player who hasn't been found guilty of anything. No matter, no matter, and again, if anyone's listening wants to put out headlines and make me seem like an ogre or an asshole, I'll sue your fucking ass and so be very careful. What I'm trying to say there is, is that we live in a society now where you're guilty before innocent. You do lose your job, you're suspended, what we saw with Mendy and whatever else. And, and then you're, even if you're found innocent, you could still be vilified. And I, I don't know if they're all innocent, guilty or whatever. I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the facts. I'm a dad of, of two doors. So there's that side of me in my stomach and, you know, whatever else. Um, so United are, have to be careful because also if they say the wrong thing, the player could sue them. Yeah. You know, the, the player has a legal right to sue them. I mean, let's be honest, his career is fucking over. I mean, I, I don't know where he goes. I mean, when I say over, it's over in England. I yeah, that's, that's kind of my question is because obviously whatever, and I'm the same, like I'm distant from it too, like you are. We're not in the country all the time. We don't see all the news kind of yeah. and, and the speculation about it. Um, he's obviously, Manchester United feel as though they have to continue paying him. So well, They have to. Yeah, so there's well, no well, nothing that they can dismiss him well, for. Mendy will get all his wages back from Man yeah. City. And the problem Man City have is they paid 50 million. Where do they go to get, you know, and, and then people will shout up and go, yeah, but all those women, he was, yeah, but a court of law found him innocent. Yeah. So there's all of those things that go in there. It's, it's also the fact that if someone accuses you and straight away, you know, it takes three years for you to try and take, it's, I don't know if the system works. I don't know if taking that amount, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I wish I was a lawyer. One of my kids wants to be a lawyer. Maybe they can advise me, but man, you know, I'd have to pay you some money. Yeah, yeah. Man United have to pay him. There's no doubt about that. That has to happen. Um, I don't know where he goes. I don't think even Saudi will take him. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to Saudi. No. But I wonder he, if it's even like over here, coming to the States. Or... 
Well, you know, I don't know, because everywhere he goes, there's going to be an uproar. There's going to be, you know, it was a bit like back in the day, Chad Evans. Every time he got a move, mm -hmm. even when they'd reversed the decision, there was still an uproar. There were celebrities that were fans of clubs going, we don't want him at our club and da 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 da, -da. So I don't know. I guess the question comes down to is um, I, I would I would not like to be the player, the player's parents. I wouldn't like to be the football club. You can ask me what would you do in that circumstance. People will go back to Niall Mason was with us, and I'm not comparing Niall Mason to Mason Greenwood, but he had an issue. There was something on his record. Um, you know, I rang around. You know, he he done his time. Um, and I guess, do you think everyone deserves a second second chance? Right or take them on merit. And while he was with us, he was he was exemplary, his behavior, everything else. Um, and I didn't know enough about what he did on a night out or what happened or whatever else. But I, I don't know the answer to this question. I guess you you probably don't know the answer. You know, Until you, you're faced with it. Until you're faced with it. You know, if, if it was your son and he did something, what, what would you do? I mean, you're going to defend him as he's your son. You've got two sons. What, what, right. what do I, you do? I mean, you, you as a parent, I think your first instinct is always to protect your children. Protect, right? Defend, um, and you know, anything that goes beyond that is in private, not in public. Yeah, and I guess you, your argument would be, well, my son was never charged. Was you, right. charges were dismissed? You mm -hmm. know, at the end of the day, he's not got a criminal record. Um, you, you know, you don't know all the facts, so it's a really, really difficult one to talk about. And 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 I guess I it goes back to, do you believe in the rule of law? Yeah. Do you believe in the rule of law? Yeah, I believe in you know rehabilitation. I believe in second chances. I right. believe that, that's a different argument. Yeah, so I guess. I, well, he was found not. He wasn't found right. guilty. Right. I, I, I'm not going to say he wasn't not guilty because so if you believe in the rule of law. If you believe in the rule of law, the law states you know if somebody doesn't have a criminal conviction, they weren't yeah. convicted or whatever else. You know, they have a right to work. They have a right to do whatever else. Yeah, you can have your own moral opinion. Correct. But in a court of law, the Correct. And then the second part you said about rehabilitation. Yeah. Do people deserve or pedophiles and fucking whatever yeah. else? Do, do they deserve a second chance or do they get executed? I, I Again, it's down to your own interpretation. So wouldn't want to be Man United, wouldn't want to be Mason Greenwood, and I wouldn't want to be the young girl's parents who've gone through it all as well as her. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't want to be any of those people. So if you're asking me where he goes, fuck knows. Mm -hmm. If you're asking where Peter were going to reach out to him, not a chance. Not yeah. a chance, and that's just me being honest. No, yeah. no fucking way. Do you want? Do you want that? Yeah, you know all the baggage, and that's his problem, isn't it? Right, it's yeah. the whole baggage as well. That of course. of course. So, yeah, really, really tough one. Um, world we live in now, um, and I guess yeah, it's um, I don't know. You Probably know. to go as far away as you can get from the UK and start there. Yeah, go find a league in fucking Timbuktu. Mm -hmm. You know, but you're you're not playing in the Premier League again. You're not playing for England again. Um, your career is done. Now, the NFL have a different way of doing it, and this came up on social media. Even in the NFL, when you've seen players who had charges dropped, dismissed, Roger Goodell has the ultimate power as commissioner to still mm -hmm. rule the suspension. Mm -hmm. He's still giving players six and twelve match suspensions, even when they were found innocent. Yeah, because they brought the game into disrepute. Yeah. Whatever else, and 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 the, like Tom Brady, he was never found guilty of the flight gate, but he still got a four match ban. Mm -hmm. You know, there was players accused of assault. Like a different standard, isn't it? It's not the legal standard, but right, it's right. so 
So should we in football have that enforced? You know, we're okay, you were a fan, whatever else, but we feel, you know, sorry, this is what's gonna yeah. happen. You know, so I, I don't know, you know, crikey. Anyway, next next question. Next next talking point was about uh, Lionel Messi and and his coming to into Miami has now won what one trophy, I think maybe a second one this week. Is it is it going so well for him that it's actually showing how poor the league is? Like, do they? Do you think that the MLS would wish that he wasn't having so much success? No, 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 no. no. Look, I, I think I'm a firm believer with the World Cup and the Olympics around the corner, and now the Messi effect and the Apple effect. I think those four key components are going to make soccer, as they like to call it, where we live, massive over the next yeah. ten years. Massive. I think Apple were genius paying two and a half billion for 10 years. Now look at Messi bringing in. They're already breaking even and making money because of all the Messi stubs. I think the league will get better. I think the USL are going to eventually do the pyramid, not the MLS, the USL. I think the fanfare over that is going to lead to the MLS looking over their shoulder and going, we need some of that action. I actually see a lot of good things happen. Into Miami, it's not just Messi. They signed three or four very good players at once. So I don't think without them, they'd have won the trophy and had the run they've had. Um, it brings eyes on. I think more players from England, a bit like Saudi, will want to go there. Um, no, I, I think it's an exciting time. I really do. And I think fair play to Messi. He, he could have taken a lot more money to go to Saudi. Yep. He thought of his kids. He's already got enough money. He thought of his children. He thought of his wife. And it's a lot closer to home in Argentina. So, no, I, I, you know, I'm watching highlights of stuff that I don't usually do for the MLS because mm -hmm. of it. So, yeah, full steam ahead. It's hard to tell whether it's his quality or the the poor quality that is up against. Quality poor, there's no doubt. We can all agree that it's not Premier League quality. It's not even top twelve championship quality, but it will be. Mm -hmm. It will be. So that's what comes next. It yeah. will be. The more money, the more TV deals, the more fanfare, whatever else, and the wages they can pay. They don't have to, you know, they can only afford at the moment to sign one or two superstar players and sponsors help and the MLS help with that. These clubs will have enough money to go and pay the best championship yeah. lower Premier League players to go there. It's going to happen. Uh, I definitely think it's transformational for the MLS. I think that the MLS probably doesn't want him to run away with everything and and end competition. Um, you know, they'd be happy for that for two years. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, in come everyone else charging it. Mm -hmm. So no, I think there's no negatives for me. I think it's positive for every everyone. All right, so a couple of questions. Um, we have a question from Daniel Allen, who's a Posh fan. He says, I have a question for Dara concerning the ground. I'd like to know if Posh have considered redeveloping the current ground, you know, as plans, uh, I think, are maybe on hold or have been put back for the new stadium. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm working on deals left, right, and center, and one of them is to get the stadium company out of receivership. Yeah. Not a lot I can do about the ground or whatever else. So I'd rather, instead of bullshit whatever else, and say, I can't answer that question today. Mm -hmm. But be afraid to ask again in a few months time yeah question from josh um josh is a sheffield united fan he asked she asked a question a few weeks ago about uh Ilman and Dai and his transfer to marseille don't know if i pronounced that anywhere near what it should have been um that he was close to signing a, an extension at sheffield united and changed his mind at the last minute i want to kind of paraphrase what josh was asking uh, but more in the context broader context than just sheffield united does a player hold all the cards if he's looking to get out when he only has one year left on his contract? At times, yes. It can test your mantle as an owner or as a club or whatever else where, unless you have fuck you money. Mm -hmm. If I have fuck you money and I'm worth billions, 
and a player wants out and an agent wants out and I'm getting offered derisory money, I can go, fuck you, sit in the stands. Yeah. Don't make any difference to me. If you haven't got fuck you money, then they know. And then they put the pressure on. Mm-hmm. And then they're checking the size of your minerals. There are times when my minerals are like fucking, they're like watermelons. <laughs> and then there are times, like every human being, when yeah. my minerals can be maybe like more teasers. Mm-hmm. Where it's checking the temperature at the time when I need to do a deal. Yeah. So it just depends. But players have a certain amount of power. They can they can sit out games. They can refuse to play. They can pull all that crap. And that goes on all the way up in transfer week. Yeah. Um, you know, I love that player, Sheffield United. But Sheffield United are doing right for them. Their owner, I think, isn't funding. He wants to sell. So they have to operate. And, and they're lucky they're in the yeah. Premier League. You know, so <laughs> with a year left, you take the money when you're in that position. Yeah. And, and Josh asks as a follow-up, what are your thoughts on... Sheffield United survival chances this year. Like the coach, um, I like the fact they're signing. I think Archer from Aston Villa, mm-hmm. fucking loved him. I tried to sign him two years ago when I, you know, we we'd looked at him in twenty one football and stuff. Um, I actually don't think they're going to be as bad as people are saying, because I actually think their coach is very good. Yeah, um, and I think they're going to be very resilient with everything going on around them, and they showed that at the end of last year. I could be wrong. But I think they'll take it late to the season. Do I think they'll go down potentially? But they won't be down by February, like some people think. Mm-hmm. And then last question is from Peter. Peter's in Australia, a posh fan, uh, optimistic for another season ahead. Um, essentially, the question is, you know, he he has no doubts that you're going to get posh back up into the championship. You know, whether that's this year, whether it's up to a couple of years to do that. What would be different next time? How would you plan? Di- how, not necessarily what would be different, but how would you plan differently or loads, take different decisions? Loads. loads. And, and I don't want to go into it now because I don't mm. want to talk about something that's not here yet. Hopefully it will be soon, but loads. I've made a few mistakes there and I've repeated them twice. And that's one of my key rules in life. Never yeah. make the same mistake twice. And I fucking yeah. didn't. So um, loads. Now, it's a tough league for a club our size, but I think it can be done. Mm. Um, so, and, and tell Peter... We have to start scouting outside of England now. There's not enough strikers out there. You know, we like to have our continuation strikers. Everyone seems to be jumping on the Australian bandwagon. Seems to be the, the work visas are easy enough. Can't let all these Scottish clubs be nicking talent out there. He's now my official scout. Make feed sure you, feed you some names. I want reports and names. <laughs> I get my gem scout on an airplane. He loves a lot. He, lo- he loves a bit of long travel, that boy that works for me. I'll put him on a 20-hour flight. He can go out there and have a couple of weeks in Australia watching games. So, absolutely. We need every bit of help we can get. Come on. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap things up there for today. We'll get this posted uh, within probably a couple of hours or so, and uh, you know, in advance of the games tomorrow. Good and luck, stick to us, guys. You know, don't be upset when we're not recording. Just yep. you know, we have our own lives. I have a lot going on. You've shit loads going on. Building a nice little empire there in the procurement industry. So next week, obviously, I'm in the UAE. You're yep. at home. We're going to try and do a show. There's a lot going on. Moving parts with the window. So, fans, again, we don't like to be inconsistent with our release, but so far we're every week. Yeah, and, we, and I think it's it's interesting. We got a lot of good feedback on doing the Wednesday, recording on Wednesday after two games we uh, during the week as well. So, yeah. we're just yeah. experimenting a bit as well in amongst all that scheduling. Yeah, and we might do that again this Wednesday, God yeah. willing, time-wise and whatever else. So, other than that, everyone have a great weekend, and uh, let's see what we can do to business. All right. Talk to you all soon. Yeah. Take care.